0: Hello there! Welcome to Podcast 100. We finally did it from football, Anya. Your home of Dutch football. With the World Cup approaching, this is very much a World Cup preview podcast, all about the Netherlands. So get involved by commenting along. How you think the Netherlands will get on at this World Cup, um, and much else besides. Because we're here to celebrate 100 podcasts from football, Anya. After five years of doing this podcast and ten years, roughly now, isn't it, Mike, of the website happening? Um, Mike has finally prepared his first notes for the podcast. So it must be a special occasion if we can get to 100. Um, Yeah, we're absolutely delighted. Thanks, everyone, for obviously helping us get here and being interested in us up until this point. This is available on YouTube, SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. So however you want to digest the podcast, go and find it. Um, And much more happening during the World Cup as well. So stay tuned to us on our platforms, namely our website and Twitter as well throughout the World Cup. so yeah, like and subscribe and stick around. With weeks to go then, Mike, what would be success for the Netherlands at this World Cup?
1: I think that, you know, Netherlands are actually gone into this tournament quite differently from, from 2014, last time that we were at the World Cup where a lot of people fancied Netherlands get knocked out in the group stage, whereas this one, everyone's expecting Netherlands to win their group and get through quite easily. And I think there's actually an expectation now that everyone could go quite far in this tournament. I don't think that they're down as one of the favourites, but I think that because of the Nations League and what they've done in that, and, you know, how many games have gone unbeaten under, and how there's actually an expectation now that we could actually go quite far. I'm not going to say that it's, it's win it or, or bust, but, you know, this never should should be at least looking at semi-finals, final, for me. That would be success. Quarterfinals would go down as a bit of a, a disappointment, and you know, if you're Louis Van how since he's been appointed, he's always talked about getting the best never side to win the tournament. So, if that's what he's going for, then that's that's really what you need to, to market against. And I think that you don't write this Neverland side off. I don't think there's anyone you should really fear, and there's nothing to say right now why they can't go on and win it.
0: Hmm, whilst well, <laughs> we don't want to sit here thinking the Neverlands are going to go and win this, that they are one of the favourites, they're not. But it feels like there, there is a good chance because there, there, aren't, there aren't many of these countries now that usually the favourites. That or guns blazing and our um, firing out results, winning game after game. Actually, it was the Netherlands in the Nations League that showed that they're the, the current form team in Europe. doesn't mean that they're the best or the favourites here, but it gives people reason to put a bit of money on the Netherlands if they fancy a bit of an outside bet. Louis van Gaal has had a great time with them since he's taken charge. 15 games unbeaten since he took over from Frank de Boer after that really quite poor Euro performance, which we all saw come in when you've got Frank de Boer as manager. The squad's not full of star names. There are a few players that are world-class. There are a number of players that are playing for very good European clubs, but less than the likes of, say, England, who have got those players to play with, but don't seem to be that well coached at the moment and things aren't going so well for them. Um, other countries too throughout, throughout Europe, We've not seen the best of Germany in a little while. Belgium just seems to be floundering now with, with a bit of an aging squad. So who is it that's going to be the favourites? Can the Netherlands get past them? I mean, the group, which we'll talk about a little bit later, is pretty good. It's one they should get, get through, definitely finishing top of, really. But it's after that, if the Netherlands are performing well, can they get past either England, USA, possibly Wales, then facing someone like Argentina in the quarterfinal? after that you're facing the best teams in the tournament for sure without a doubt um but a run should definitely be possible and with Lou van Hall, he has done a brilliant job hasn't he since taking over a third time in charge a bit of like a last hurrah for him because he'll be retiring after as many
1: yeah and as a for time market this could be his time to to win a world cup and i think a lot of people doubted when he came back thinking he's been out of the game for for quite a while um but, yeah, I think he's done a fantastic job. And, you know, well, you've got to
0: say...
1: I think he just, he has that sort of aura about him. I think he's an authoritarian. I think that with Frank De Boer, I think some people just... not it take the make out of him, but I don't think anybody really listened to him as a head coach because, you know, he yeah. is a failure as a head coach. So why would you, you listen to him when you've got Louis van Gaal coming? He's a legend who demands respect. And he makes the tough decisions as well. Like He's, he's happy to drop somebody like Bynaldum if he's not playing. He's happy to take out Van der Beek and say, look, you're not going to get back in until you are performing for your club. I think knowing that gets the best of the players because when they get to there, they want to perform to make sure that they're in the squad. And that works. And you know, he, he likes young players as well. He, he brings them out. He gives chances to you know Noah Langs, the, the Cody Gaffos, the, the Kenneth Taylors during the last a national period these players get chances to come in and impress and improve themselves as well so i think he he's a great tactician that the five of the backs worked recently um he's a great man again confidence out And i think that's everyone who wants to play for him as well and he's a battler and you know he's he's got his own that he's he's battling through you know he's he says he's getting through it and um yeah i think that there's a lot of goodwill towards him just going into this tournament and I think the whole Netherlands is behind him. Whereas, you know, going into Euros, you had everyone saying, oh, this is Frank De Bruyne's team. It's going to be a failure. Whereas I don't think anyone has that with Van Hal, because, yeah, I think that everyone wants him to be, this is final tournament. You know, he's going to retire after it. Let's go out with a bang and let's do it for him sort of thing. Because, yeah, I think last time in 2014, he really brought the nation together. And, you know, that run to the semifinals, the third place after beating Brazil. You know, everyone doubted it that we to get out of the group stage. That 5-1 win over Spain is still probably the, my favourite game I've ever watched um, from the Netherlands. And, yeah, I think that if they can produce more moments like that, then, then Van Hal has to be up there as... I mean, it's is the, the greatest Netherlands coach of all time, especially if he takes some, take some far in this tournament. Yeah,
0: yeah. What was striking for me when he first came in? He was talking about the formation that Frankfurt put in five at the back um originally he was talking about going back to what the Netherlands tradition was a 4-3-3 and actually in the end he said well the strengths of the players are with a with with five uh, as a defense that that took some some bravery i guess from but it's not for him it's not brave is it it's what you expect but it's some bravery for him to go actually now i'm going to stick with what De Boer put in place he wasn't totally wrong actually it did suit the players it was just the execution of it and the the man management of, of it all that led to led to the downfall of of De burn and the, the team at the Euros. So yeah, the, the turnaround since then has been great. You want you want the form to peak now, don't you? And you don't want it to come to an end during the World Cup. Those that brilliant run of unbeaten games. But we saw the same with with Italy. You know they went on to win win the Euros, didn't they? With with all that brilliant form, unbeaten run. Why can't the Nevins go and do something very similar here? um i'm actually going to put the squad selection on on the screen now so um if you wouldn't mind mike just telling me if it just comes up but this squad selection he's picked a lot picked a lot of players and at the time of of speaking he hasn't actually chosen his final squad um but if you wouldn't mind can, can you see that first of all mike
1: it's still yep there we go that's it
0: there we are. Yeah. In here, there are some players that are without doubt going to pit, some key players. Um, were there any people, first of all, that you were surprised were missing from here?
1: Surprised is... Yeah, there's a couple of players I would have added in there, but not necessarily taken to the squad, you know. Right. I don't right. know there's anyone really that is glaringly missing. I think, yeah, you could say, like, Joey Vermin. Maybe he should have been in there because he was in the last provisional. You know, Jordy from Bologna, you know, he's picked him before he gave him his debut and he's not in the position, but this is very names. And even from this 39, nine, um, even to predict what's going to be the final 26 is difficult. I think that he has some tough choices to make here. So I don't think there's anyone glaringly missing that I would even put into the final squad because I think it's difficult enough. And like of Wijnaldum's out injured. Karsdok's not really in form at the moment. Um. Vanderbake's come back from injuries, not playing. So I, I don't think there's anyone that you could really see is a glaring miss. There's only a couple of players that could, could have made it that were just left out. But yeah, I think that he's got a pretty bang on here with, with probably the best 39.
0: Yeah. And he's yeah. gone with a few people, yeah. hasn't he? He's gone with Frimpong, um, Chubby Simmons, uh Mickey Van Der Ven. I don't know how many of those will make it to the final squad. We're talking at a time where there's still time for players to perform in their leagues. For their clubs, uh, they might be p- might get picked, might end up being a backup player at the competition. I'm sure some would be delighted to just end up with that with that role. Some though will be will be thinking, why why can't I be the first choice in this position? I guess there, there's gonna there's gonna be two goalkeepers definitely taken out of there. Might if we start with those, there's five goalkeepers. There isn't one, is there, that's standing out in terms of form? If you asked me about six months ago, I think it would have been I would have been like Justin Bylow. Is he injured? Why are you saying that he's not the first choice? But now after having some poor form, do you pick him? Is he the first choice? Do you look at um, Sillison and, and say, actually, it doesn't matter you're playing for NEC Nijmegen. You are experienced. Um, you have been relatively informed in the Eredivisie. You get picked. Or does he go with Renko Pasphere, who's now gone out of form with Ajax and has been largely unfancied his whole career until his late 30s?
1: yeah I think that you know you got five there and you can see I, I think two are nailed on, and I think that the, the third spot is the one that's up for grabs. I think that stillillerson's definitely on the plane. I think that from the words that he's had after the last international break where past to played both games.
0: yeah, I think yeah.
1: Sison came out and he, he was widely criticized for being you know a, a few people like Wesley Snyder and, and van Bur said he can be a quite a troublesome teammate. But he basically came out and thinks that he's got assurances that he'll be number one when we go to qatar i think that he will be in the squad because of that tournament experience i think he will go there i think past makes it as well i think that he did well enough in the past two games against belgium and poland to warrant a place in the final squad so i think that's two out of the three then it depends on who van Hal thinks could be the best penalty saver out of the next three I think Knopper drops out. I think he's been great for her in vain, but I think that him not getting a game during the last international period, I would say that's pretty nailed on that He'll get get dropped. Mm-hmm. And there's a toss-up, it's basically a toss of the coin between Bio and Flecken. Flecken's been in decent form for Freiburg, or bio has been up and down for for Feyenoord. I've given my spot in my squad that i predicted to Bio, but if it was Flecken, I would not be surprised. Going to the tournament, I think Serres starts first game against Senegal, in my opinion.
0: Interesting. And um, Mike's had a lot of experience watching the Netherlands for years. I'm sure people watching along thinking the same. So, if you want to get involved in the comments, let us know who you think the starting goalkeeper would be. Let us know who your starting 11 would be um, for most of the games throughout the tournament. We're here to just look into the squad, first of all, before we go into that starting 11. In terms of defenders, a name that sticks out for me is Van der Vem. And I know that Martin's Indy's been called up in the past for the Netherlands. Injury may well wall him out of this competition, um, well, as it has done. But he he likes a, a left-footed central defenders, and he might next to next to that left back. It's likely Daley Blint will be the starting left back, despite his problems for Ajax. Is, is he playing a relatively protected position, maybe in the Netherlands. It means it's not a massive concern um, when he plays for Holland or. Is he going to be someone that does need replacing? There is going to be a different left back there, possibly Malassia. But the experiment, as I'm saying, at centre back, might mean there's a spot for Van der Ven, um, as a left-footed centre back. Or oh, does out come in? Does is, is there is there a place for it's just so tricky. There, I mean, there's a number of defenders there that, that should be getting to the squad. Timber, defry um, Delitt, although Delict hasn't been selected this time. As you picked up an injury, Mike, I'm not fully clued up on that. Van Dyke obviously gets selected. Tell us more about the defence.
1: Yeah, De Ligt is there. He's just at the bottom. He's the hell, isn't he? He's yeah. not the D. Yeah. I was thinking there, I was like, I'm sure he's in there. I think it would have been bigger news if he just dropped De Ligt out of nowhere. But yeah, he is in there. <laughs> um, for defence, I think, if we're talking about centre defence at the moment, so yeah, Van Dijk's, He's playing every game basically this season for for Vilsburg, and he's doing well. He can play yeah. in the left back position. He can play in the centre. Yeah, I think that yeah. this this call up is a nod to say you're you're doing well. You're part of what I think could be brought in if there's a couple of injuries. Does he make it to the final squad? No. Um, Strook came out today and said, you know, I want to play for Netherlands over Belgium. Does he make the squad? In my opinion, no. The one that is the glaring one out of them, and you can call me biased for being a Newcastle fan, but Stan Bottman, since he signed for us, has been absolutely imperious. Um, we've got the best defense in the Premier League, and he's started basically every game, and he's a left-footed centre-back. So I think that if you don't recognize the fact that he's doing it in the Premier League when he's keeping players, like we restricted Haaland to one goal when we played them, We just beat, at time of recording, we just beat Tottenham um, in the league as well. We're top four. If you're ignoring Sven Bottman after all that and picking Van de Beyn or Pascal Stroop when the Leeds are struggling, I would say that's a miss. I would say that's that's a bit silly. I think yeah. Sven Bottman yeah. for me, gets that left foot centre-back position. Right. If Martin Zindy right. was fit, I think he would have picked him just for the experience. But I think if you're looking at the starting defence, it's going to be Timber on the right, Van Dijk in the middle, Ackley on the left. If Ackley has to drop out, Sven Bartman would be a, a great replacement for that, in my opinion. Um, so that's the ones that I would go with. I think Devry makes it in there, Dulit makes it in there. But I think that you're going to have Van der Veen, Stroke, dropping out for me. Um, Mitchell is probably going to drop out as well because you're going to have Blind and Wassi as the two yeah. left-hand yeah. positions. And then if you're going to the right hand side of the defence, Dumfries is on the plane 100%. And then you're looking at a choice between Wrench or Frimpong. And if you're going to play five at the back and you want your right back to be playing high up the pitch, it's got to be Frimpong. Frimpong yeah. Yeah. He's he's on fire for whoever because he's in the He's got five goals in the Bundesliga. Yeah. You Wrench know, is now benched at Ajax since Strange has back. True, yeah. Or he's, he's been really poor for Ajax. So if he picks Blind and Wrench as the starting fullbacks... It says to me that he's not really watched enough Ajax this season and doesn't realise that that could be a big, big problem. I think Frenpong makes it into the squad. I think if he misses out Frenpong and goes to the range, that's a mistake because Frenpong can also go play for Ghana or he can go play for England. And if he doesn't think that he's ever going to get in here, I know that Van Gaal is going to leave after the World Cup and Koeman can come in and he might give him a bit of, you no, know, you're going to be my right back. You're going to be in my squad right now, if I had to pick between frimpong and range, frimpong makes it every day of the week for me. Mm.
0: I just want to ask you a question about players playing well for their countries and not necessarily their clubs, or not playing at all for their club. Does that matter to you a lot, Mike, considering Memphis Depay probably won't get injured now, now that he's not really playing for Barcelona that much? Um, but we've seen that it was a downfall of Alden for example, not really playing for his... His club not playing well for his club meant that he fell out of the squad um, and, and there's a few others in there as well that haven't played a lot or pressed, impressed particularly at the club level but for the Netherlands are stand out because of what they've done in the past and that's kind of why Sillison's in there, right?
1: Yeah, uh, I think that there's certain players that I would say in Van Gaal's mind are undroppable
0: he's league league. is definitely.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that, not in the starting 11, I think he can be replaced in the starting 11, well, but I don't think you drop him completely out of the squad. No, no. Because of his ability on the ball, because he still, still does have that ability to, to create from the back, which Malassia doesn't. Defensively, I'd be worried if we weren't, if we're playing a back four, I'd be really worried if it was went either in the centre or on the yeah. left, because yeah. I think that teams would target him. I still think Senegal will target Thierry Blind if he starts that game. I think i will have Mane running at him at every single possibility. And you'd have to have Aki sweeping up. Memphis is going to be there. It doesn't matter if he doesn't play a game for Barcelona from now until the start of the World Cup. If he's fit, Memphis goes. Because he's so vital to the attack. Now, you can say that that's a problem because Neverland's attack isn't as strong as it's been in recent years and they don't really have that star striker up front but how can you not recognize what memphis has done for the country in the previous international you know, he's he's close to being the top goal score of all time yeah. he's got the most of all time. i'm sure he's passed robin for that so how can you drop him just because he's not in the barcelona squad at the moment i think that would be be short-sightedness and i think that it'd be a detriment if you're going to say take out memphis and play just Sunday because he's playing, so say play bad course. Just because he's getting a game for basic task? I don't think you really look at it like that. I think you you pick the best players. Memphis still is the best attacker in everyone's half.
0: Yeah, and he will play hopefully each game. Hopefully he'll be the top goal scorer for Netherlands at the tournament. You can you can see that kind of thing happening. He'll he'll love it. He'll thrive in in the tournament, won't he? Um, in terms of midfielders and strikers, are there any of us that you think? That they're going to drop out. They're just there, possibly in case there's an injury. um, and needs to be called in last minute. The, the one that draws my eye, for example, is Chavi Simmons. So it's a bit of a nod to you will in the future be selected. You've had a good start to the season, but right now with a big World Cup coming up, not quite.
1: See, I me and you're in. We don't disagree on a lot of things, but I disagree on on him with you mm-hmm. because I think that everybody takes. Wild card to the World Cup, and That's it. That's Van Hout Van did it in 2014. He took Memphis as a wild card and he brought him on late in games to, to change things. He scored a couple of goals. If I'm looking at that, that midfield and I'm thinking who's going to drop out, I'm picking Jordi Classy because he he pulled himself out of the past couple of Netherlands squads. Yeah, I'm picking yeah. Ryan Ravenberg because he's not playing at all for Bayern Munich. Don, and I'm picking Don, Goosh Till, Daniel Malin as well. I've got him out of the squad because he's been injury prone and he wasn't in the squad this weekend. Noah Lang, I'm picking him out because he's not getting a game fully for Club Rouge and his attitude apparently has been a bit off so far this season. So if I'm taking the theaters out, I'm taking out Till, Classy, Gravenberg. If I'm taking out attackers, I'm taking out Lang, Mallon, Veghorst, and Broby. I'm thinking Simmons is going to be his wild card. Right, I think he'll be the
0: yeah. one, of course. Mm, some process elimination that, that makes sense. I can see totally why why that would be. Um, people might agree with you there, Mike, as well. I just think the, the things I've seen from him, he's, he's obviously scored some goals, he's been exciting, he's been a breath of fresh air. Really pleased to see him playing the the It's just what he needed. But is, is he is he is he grown up enough yet for this kind of thing? I mean, people might take that go, Yeah, of course he is. What yeah. are going about. Um, but at the start of the season, I, I didn't think he was ready. Um, I haven't watched him to fair the last few games. I do tend to catch a fair number of PSV games, but for me, I still, I still would take a Husk till knowing the threat he gives in the box. Let's say you lose him late in the game, there's ten minutes to go, you're more likely to throw Tillon and Simmons, aren't you? Someone that can get in and around the box. Luke Young's probably going to be put in the squad for that same reason. You can win headers, and um, is that kind of play you throw in late in the game?
1: Yeah, I think that you're, you're looking at Luke de Jong and, and Vincent Janssen being the ones, you know, if it's, it's late in the game, you need a goal, you go chuck them in. Yeah. But if you're looking yeah. for somebody that's going to be creative now, look at that midfield. And a problem has been a number 10 position. You've had... Khaakpo yeah. yeah. playing, recently recently did really well in the past two international games. You've got Berghaus, who's been, who's excellent for, for Ajax recently. But if you need a creator, then you bring in someone like Simon, someone that's not scared to run up players, someone that's not scared to take a shot. You know, recently PSV played Arsenal in London and the only PSV player that was actually looking like doing anything against Arsenal was Abby Simmons because you would take the ball, you run at somebody, it looked like you had absolutely no fear of playing in that game. That's what you like to see from him because it, even though his, his age, you know, Gakpo has been criticized often for not playing in the big games, you know, showing his good form in big competitions. I don't think that's the same with Simmons. I think Simmons thrives under pressure. I think he does well in the big game. So, I think that I think there's an Ajax PSV game coming up soon. Yeah. yeah. I think if Simmons plays well in that one, he'll have booked his place in the squad. I think if that's before the squad announcement, mm-hmm. PSV do well in that game. Simmons stars but now picks some. I think that if PSV going to run a bad form, you know, they lost against Ronny and they go on a couple of losses, he doesn't Play well, he doesn't score goals, doesn't give assists, maybe he'll drop out. And he might go for some day Braby is the wild card off the bench because he's starting to score goals for Ajax. But at the moment, I'd like to see him in there just because I think that he's the future. Give him the tournament now, like the little Memphis. Dick Advocat said that he did the same when he first picked Iron Robin for a tournament. Now, this is the person that's going to be a superstar in the future, but bring him in now just to give him a big term experience and that <clears throat> confidence that you know we want to build the future around mm-hmm. you because at the moment he can still pick Spain, you know, he can spend lot of his life yeah. in Spain. And he's not said hundred percent that he's hundred percent guaranteed to pick Netherlands. So I would just get him in there. Can't do much harm. He's, he's, cra- he's more creative than half the players in the squad. Yeah, and I think that bringing him off the bench against Qatar, Ecuador, give him a cap. We'll see what we can do, see if he can thrive. You know, that's the difference between Netherlands one's getting knocked out or never one's going on to to win it. Who's that player that can come off the bench and do something a bit different than the rest of them? It's gotta be Simmons because if you're looking at your options, you bring off somebody and bring on Davey Klaassen, is that gonna change the game? Probably not. You know, I've put De Jong very close, not really scoring goals for the clubs, Malin out, you know, Dan Jumas is coming back from a long term injury. Robbie's untested and, and this sort, sort of field so yeah for me i take Simmons but I know that a lot of people disagree with that and maybe think that there's other people that would be more of an experienced pick mm. but I just think mm-hmm. you need to take a risk and I think he's the risk worth taking Fair enough.
0: Uh, I'm gonna stop sharing my screen I'll come uh, back to uh, that that was a big talk uh, about the squad uh, there. and Simmons is I can see your point of view could be a wild card is he is he as good as um Performing on the big stage in a in a big World Cup, you could say, well, he's more informed than David Klaassen. Um and, and then I could agree with you. Klaassen's also had some really good games for Netherlands. So Van Hall has some difficult decisions to make. In Van Hall we trust though. Um massive coming out a little kind of prayer on the football, aren't you? We're just we're just gonna trust him. We're just gonna see what he comes up with. But let, let, oh, let yeah, it when, get... it,
1: when it comes to November tenth he announces that squad and there's Rench and there's David Klaassen and there's Jordy Classy in there and all these players are getting picked over ones in form. Then, you no, know, we've recorded this anyway. We're going to win the World Cup, so yeah, it's it's fine.
0: <laughs> we'll have Jordi Clasie at centre back. We'll have we'll have we'll have a Dirk Kow-esque like experiment left wing back again. Who do you think fancy this time? <laughs> Davi Clasie. Martin's Zindi will come back.
1: Yeah. will come back from from injury just before the tournament. He'll be left centre back, so it will be fine.
0: And he'll come on and take a penalty. <laughs> To, to get send us to the final, you just do these yeah. little things. You just never yeah. know. Who who is your your first eleven then, Mike? It was going to change game to game. Depends on who you're playing. Um, yeah. Those first three games, Ecuador, Senegal, Qatar, they're games that they should be winning. The games that they were set up to win. So it's not going to be like watch a lineup against Brazil, but who who is your starting eleven going to be?
1: So the first game, I think they start off with their toughest game. And, you know, the game against Senegal is going to be the one that test, they need to win. It's, it's a huge test for them. If they win that game, you know, you're know, saying basically they're going to probably come top. If they draw that game, yeah. then it depends on how they do against Ecuador and Qatar compared to how Senegal do. And then it's little things that might then mean that they finish second and face England in the next round or finish top and then face USA. That first game is absolutely crucial. Now, there's a lot of pressure on that. So I think he'll pick his what he thinks is the strongest eleven. And this isn't the eleven that I would go with. This isn't my favorite eleven. This is the eleven I think he would pick. So I've already said I think Sellerson starts in goal. You know, let's go for the easy ones. Dumfries at right back. Timber, Van Dyke, Ake. You know, that, that back three was excellent during the recent international period against Poland and Belgium. They've They've played their way into that being the starting. However, and then you bring on Delict or you bring on DeVry towards the end of the game when they're starting to get a bit tired. Daley blames the left back. I know that's controversial. I know that we all don't want him there. But I think Van Hal trusts him. He keeps playing him. He's going to be there. Malasia, yeah, he started okay at Man United. But he's in and out the side now. I think Luke Shaw is now probably the number one left back for Man United. So, I think it's going to be blended. There's not really any other options to go there. You know, he's not going to pick backer just to play him at left back or stroke to play that left back over the early blend. So, I think he starts. Midfield too. i I've got Frankie De Jong. And for this one, because it's the toughest one, it's a toss-up between Miners and Durin. I think if yeah. Yeah. he's wanting to go for a bit more defensive, I think he goes Darun, If they think he wants to go a bit more attack and he goes, he goes Kupminers. So, just for the argument, of this, I've gone Cope Myers and then number 10, I've gone Berghaus over Gathwell. I think that Berghaus' form for Ajax recently has been excellent. I think he'll get a nod at number 10. And then ahead of him we will have Memphis, as long as he's fit. And the next thing will be fine because that too, yeah. in recent yeah. international has been been on fire. Bergman he might not be in the greatest form for Ajax, but when he puts on that net one shirt, he seems to be scoring the goals at the moment. So I think that makes the most sense. I think that having them to with a pace that they have through the middle fast yeah. problems. So I think that's my starting line
0: against Senegal. Mm. There's a few things that I'm, I just want to question. Uh, the, the three defenders over the last international break were really good, but how is there no place for Sefren de Vrij? I admit, I haven't watched him very much for his club. Um Like this season, I don't know how he's doing quite, but he's just been brilliant in the years gone by and um, we don't have to let... In the team at the minute, so does that not open a place for someone like Devry rather than Ake or Timber? Timber, who's one of those big players for the future, does he get in over Devry?
1: I think so. I think with Devry, I think the Inter won the title last year, but I think Devry actually got a lot of criticism. Actually, I think that some Inter fans would have been happy for to see him leave, right, in the summer. So I don't think he's been in that great a form this season to say that he warrants a place in the starting 11. Now, you saw what happened during the Euros when Van de Boer was in charge. I think De Vrij was the main one. Um, so I, I can't see it myself. I think that the past two games, I think that that was the two games Van Gaal was sort of shaping his side. And he mentioned about Lewandowski coming up against his best defense. Then someone said to him, with Aki and Timber and Van Dijk, and he went, yeah. So he thinks this is his best defense. So I think this is when it starts. I think that Lick, yes, he's playing now for Bayern Munich. He didn't start, but he now seems to be in that 11 each game, playing 90 minutes, and he's doing well. But I think that he still, he still has that sort of moment in him where he can give you a heart attack and just run out of defense and go for a challenge, and you think he's either going to get a red card and then ruin it like he did against Czech Republic, or he's just going to give away a handball in the box. He's going to give away a penalty somewhere. I think Timber and Aki are a bit more secure than that. I think Van Dijk as well, he's, you know, he's the leader. You can say what you want about Van Dijk's form this season for Liverpool, oh,
0: he's it's been so shaky,
1: so. but in Netherlands, he's undisputed. You can't drop him, he's going to start. Yeah. So I think for me, that's the defence. If you start De Bruyne, I wouldn't say, oh, we're going to lose now. But I think he has more confidence in Ake and Timber. With them being a bit younger, and with him having a bit more pace as well, I think that suits And Because if you've got Daley Blind on the left, you want somebody who's got a bit more about him to be able to cover them. So if you've got somebody that's aging like DeVry next to them, yeah, he's very smart, and he's very clever in what he does. But he doesn't sort of have the pace that someone like Nathan Ake has. And Nathan Aki playing. Most of the games this season for Man City, he's not on the bench these days. He is starting for them, so I think that he warrants a place there. I think Timber has that ability on the ball, and that, that young confidence that, that Van Gaal likes. So, yeah, I think that there was, there was three few obvious starters. Okay.
0: The other things I thought yeah, of thing. were, um, <laughs> Daily Blinn, after this World Cup, I know we'll talk about this more after this World Cup's happened and Koeman's in charge, but he might never get selected again. Just feels like we're going with him because the World Cup's coming; it's imminent, and we need to stick with someone experienced. But after that, it's like a clean slate. Drop him; he might never be selected again. Um, Defensive midfield: There's a couple of the, what I would call the very good players, like Kurt Miners and Jerome. But I don't know who who is the strongest there. I think it might just come down to form and what Van Hall imagines with his tactics. And the same goes for attacking midfield: Cody Hatpo if he was playing absolute blindness against those big teams but but week in week out he would have a probably been in the Premier League already and B he he would be he'd be there wouldn't he? he he'd be the first choice attacking midfielder but we are with Steven Burkhouse who was brilliant for Ajax in his last game against AKT Vovik time recording and he he's probably one of the best players in the Eredivisie. that's still the case his attitude Hmm. I don't know if I'd like to get to know too much of the person, but he is a winner and he's a fantastic footballer. Playing as his number 10 is what we said about two years ago, one year ago. We thought that by putting him there, you get the best out of him and he doesn't always have to cut inside. He can do kind of whatever he wants, just be really dangerous. And that's why he, at the minute, yeah, I agree with you, would probably be the starting attacking midfielder.
1: Yeah, I think that it's difficult because we don't really have that natural number ten anymore. We don't have those Snyders, no. those Van der vaart no. those creative players. So you've got to pick somebody that's maybe a winger that's has done it before. I think the Gakpo experiment worked during the last one. He got the assists. His his crossing ability from corners is is, is insane. In the amount of crosses he gets, that's to be to goals, I like PSV lost against Groningen four two, but both the goals that PSV scored were from Gakpo crosses. His accuracy from crosses is, is unreal. So, yeah. that is a big bonus from if you're going to play corners and you've got like Van Dijk and Ake, who are so yeah. good with their, yeah. their heading ability, something like Gakpo can put the ball in there and it'd be a chance. But Berghaus is a bit more consistent. Yeah, you can see that Gakpo scored and his assists this season are, are insane. And you know, there's all those tweets saying that he's on a level with, with Haaland in terms of goal contributions this season. But they're not coming against, you know, the recent game against Arsenal, for instance, he he barely touched the ball. He didn't get involved whatsoever. These goals and assists are coming against the air sites. Now, Gakper needs to perform against the Ajaxes, the, the Finals, the AZs, and then perform in Europe to get that big move. Yeah, it broke down to Manchester United in the summer. They might go again from in January if he has a good World Cup. But then it was like the likes of Leeds in Southampton that were going from. And I don't think he improves as a player by going to Leeds. I don't want to you know, offend any Leeds fans there, but hmm. I think that if his ceiling's higher than that, he needs to start proving it against the big teams. And so far, he's not done that for me. And you could say the same for, for Berghausen in the Champions League this season. You know, Ajax haven't done that well, but he's still standing out as their best player. If you ask, ask Ajax fans at the moment, who's their player of the season been so far? I think nine out of 10, I'm pick. Burkhouse because he is carrying. But he's them just like so him. quick as well. So he's, quick as well.
0: He's, he's it's it's what he does on, on the ball and he's passing. Um, mm-hmm. That's what makes him for me set a little bit a little bit apart from from Hapo because whilst he does have those games like Hapo that that we might go a little bit missing, at least you can sub him off and bring on somebody else. But Burkhouse can bring so much more in the build up. Um, Hatpo has probably got that higher ceiling just purely because the fact he's younger. But the minute, he reminds me a little bit of, like, um, as an Aston Villa fan, a bit like a Leon Bailey, where, uh, by the way, Yastri, of those two players are totally different, Hatpo is extremely hard-working. But it, it just fits to me, like, Bailey will pop up with a brilliant goal or two, or, like, an assist or sort of something, and then go missing for a while. Whereas the same is happening with Hatpo, where he'll score two and assist two against, you know, a Dutch team. Then, in, in the Europa League, he goes totally missing you're like how is this player league with the Premier League teams you can see why he's still in the Eredivisie so frustrating though because I, I really like him and in, in the, the Dutch league alone he's really standing out
1: yeah I think that when you put tweets out saying like no he's got like 16 goals and 11 assists and you're like oh look how good he is but then um, those people probably don't watch him against you know, Arsenal or in the Champions League qualifiers mm-hmm. or the bigger games, you know, against the Ajaxes and stuff like that. But he has got such a high ceiling. I, I think that he did impress during the last two everyone's games, and I yeah. would give him a chance. So yeah. I think now having Gakpo and Berga the two options for number ten. Are two great options. So I think you can just switch to them. I think that if Gakpo played at number ten, I'd be like, okay, here's his chance. He, he's going to impress here. Yeah. Go for it, take yeah. it, and you know, I'd want him to do the best. So I think that having those two there. Are great because what's the other alternative? Davy Klaassen starts. So if you're gonna, you know, if you if I had to pick either of those, you know, it's going to be Gakpo and Davy Klaassen would be my third option. Yeah,
0: he wouldn't even be in yeah. my
1: squad if I didn't think that I know how to pick a squad that I believe Van how going to pick. So I think that having them to be behind Memphis and Bergvain is great because both of them can pass the ball, both of them can cross the ball, and both of them can run with the ball. So I think that. Those two, over a traditional number 10, is the right move, especially if you're playing five at the back. So I don't have big worries about Ireland. but after the World Cup, yeah, I'd say that is are going to reach the level that we expect him to or want him to? There's doubts because of what he does in the big games.
0: Yeah. And, and there's a few players as well that I know aren't fancied, but I tell you what, if the Netherlands are 1-0 up on Brazil, and there's 10 minutes to go. There's no one I want I want more in that the field position than David Clarsen. Because he's gonna do a bit of everything, isn't he? Whereas maybe you don't want a Hatpo or a Burkhouse on that time of the game. Um people might think I'm crazy for saying that, by the way. And I can't I don't blame you. Um to, to in their field one sometimes, but there's a reason why he's in that squad. And he has he had it's for example, he played really well against Belgium at the time that he beat him away from home, and he played like I think the full ninety that game as well. There's times and places it's not all about who starts a match. There are, there are times for substitutes to come in as well. Um, and to be a third-choice goalkeeper and push the other two in the squad as well. That's why I think Knocker right. might actually be selected as the third choice. Because he's had such a good season and can push everybody else. There's, there's a place for him. But it's going to be close. And we can't read Van Hall's mind. We need to touch upon the group, Mike. Because it's not it's not um all you said and done already in this group. Ecuador, Senegal and Qatar. You picked out Senegal as being the strongest team in that group. Um I once was on an Ecuadorian football podcast and they said, um, tell us what the players you know about the play for the team. Went, well, before I researched coming on here, I didn't know anybody really. It it feels like that, but there could be a bit of an unknown quantity perhaps Ecuador. And the Netherlands might have to be careful because they they'll turn to, to a tournament with no pressure on them. Qatar, it's a little bit different. There's a there's different uh, a different kind of quality, kind of gap between the Netherlands and themselves. Whereas Ecuador could be could be dangerous, um, and like you said, finishing first or second the group could matter for the route to the final.
1: Yeah, I mean, we shouldn't fear England at the moment. You know, England are on a downward spiral from what they were at the Euros. You know, yeah, from. Yeah what they've done at the Euros and getting to the final and what have shown since, I would say they're a nation on a downward spiral under the current coach. Yeah, they've got an, a number of fantastic young talents that are coming through, but I fancy never Netherlands to beat them because South Southgate's going to play players that probably shouldn't be there yeah. and kind of show themselves, you know, if oh, like the goalkeeper, for instance, you know, if it's still, um, I just had a mind-blank of his name there and Jordan Pickford. If still Jordan Pickford. If it's still the likes of Harry Maguire, if it's still the likes of Trent Alexander-Arnold getting in there, I'd fancy Netherlands to beat them. Van Dyke up against Harry Kane as well. I think it's a good battle, but I think Van Dyke, shown before he can, he can handle that and, you know, Netherlands have a good record against England in recent years, but I still like Netherlands to avoid any big nations as far as you can go. And like a uh, last 16 game against USA has its own risks, you don't take them lightly. But same against Wales, you know, you don't take Wales lightly because of what they have that can do something in a moment. Like Gareth Bale can score a free kick and
0: then suddenly it's it's panic station. So, however, I think the point you're trying to make is if the Netherlands play to the best of their abilities, they should not be finding some of these teams a problem if they're playing yeah. to their best. Which is what yeah, you need same to area, if they're going to win this
1: tournament. Yeah, but it's the same as the group. You know, like everyone's thinking Spain are going to do great at 2014. They come into to get hammered off Netherlands in the first game, and then they struggle against Chile and they get knocked out. If Netherlands go into that Senegal game thinking this is going to be easy, Sadio yeah. Mani could score. Yeah. I could, you know, the Senegal defense could have the game of their life and it just goes. It's you know, it's a very frustrating start. And then where do you go from there? You know, like yes, Ecuador an unknown quality, but there's a reason that they're there, and that's because they've you know they've got through south American qualifiers. And I know there's a player that plays for Brighton and in my field that's very highly rated. Um his name escapes me now, but <laughs> I think a lot of players that have quality and they've got a good team spirit, who probably think in Qatar they've got nothing to lose because you know they're there, they can show themselves at a big tournament and they could be the they could be the one that comes out of nowhere and does does really well like some african teams have done in the past like costa rica did in 2014 that's the sort of quality they could be they could be the ones that just out of nowhere does something and then you think where did they come from you know they they get draw against netherlands they beat senegal to beat qatar and all of a sudden there's you know it's a joint free at the top of the group and then the netherlands get knocked out so you do need to be careful. These, this group has is on paper, one that everyone's gonna go, everyone one's gonna win that. But it need to be switched on. And I think Van Hall is the perfect type of coach to get them switched on and say, look, you don't underestimate these sides. You go out, you play well. I do think that first game against Senegal is absolutely crucial. I think if they win that, we can start talking about them being already in the, the knockout phase because I think as much as you've got to respect the hosts, you know, this isn't South Korea and Japan, this is Qatar, the they're not great. So I mean, if you're not beating Qatar.
0: Shouldn't be that. You shouldn't be,
1: you shouldn't be really be thinking about winning the World Cup. So if you beat Senegal first game, beat Qatar that's six points you're fruit. Now then, then you'll see who you get in the second round. It's a lot of a draw. It depends on how England how do, how USA do, and yeah. how how Wales yeah, yeah. can, can come up against them. So you gotta just do what you can do in the group. If you told me that Netherlands aren't gonna win this group, then I'd be I'd be shocked, but yeah. it happens. Yeah. The nations down in the past they turn up to these things. There's too much confidence. They underestimate a team, and then it backfires. So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't fear any of these teams except for for Senegal and what Saudi manager can do. So we'll see. But right now, if you want me to predict it, I'd say everyone's top of this group. But it's exciting, and yeah. I, I want yeah. them to go very far. And I think that this team can go very far. Um, but you always have that little bit of nerves as well that it could go totally wrong, you could do a France or a Spain and then just be the that nation that is expected to do something that, that doesn't. And there's always one of them. So there's always going to be one that gets knocked out in the first round, um, it, might, it might be like the Portugal's and then everyone's having a go at Ronaldo, it could be the Argentinas and then everyone's saying Messi's finished, but yeah, it could be in their ones that, that fail, you know, Sadio Mane could get in behind Virgil van Dijk, score a the, score the winning goal mm-hmm. and then and you've got a Liverpool to it, so there's there's headlines that can be made um, in every game. But yeah, I'm I'm thinking free wins are free. Start a good great going next round, and take
0: it from there. Bye. I mean, the same happened last yeah, time yeah, year. Yeah, as well. yeah, you yeah, had those yeah, wins, yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden all all it went wrong sudden. when they come against a good team. But mm. um, yeah, if you if you if you follow it as it kind of should happen, you look you are looking at Argentina coming up, tough team. Then after that could be could be one of those big, big teams in, in, in the tournament. Um, one of the favourites. And by that point, though, I think by the semi-finals, you, you've got to beat those teams to be the best. So, but let's not get too carried away with the run itself. I think what, what, what will happen will happen. What will come will come. Um, but ha, ha, before we finish, Mike, before we get people involved again in the comments, ask everyone for what they think the chances will be. What do you think will happen in this World Cup?
1: I think I'm the end of the... World Cup, you know, Ban Hau will get, be getting a boat ride down the canals in Amsterdam with a World Cup trophy. Saying, you know, he's done it, you know. He returned third time lucky. They beat, let's just say, they beat Brazil 2 0 in the final. Xavi Simmons comes off the bench and scores a double. But yeah, that would be a dream scenario for me to see Netherlands finally win a tournament, you know. Being born the year after, 1988, I've never seen them win anything. They go, all these teams that have come through, they've been so fancy to do something, They always lose it, last minute, semi-finals, finals. This could be the year, I think, I've got so much faith in Van Hal as head coach. That I think that this group of players, what they have, we can win it, and I want us to win it. So, I'm going to be positive and say that, that this could be everyone's year. I don't fear any other nations. I think there's some that are going there with, with great players but not great team spirits. So I, I don't really see any reason why Netherlands can't go all the way. And that's what I'm sticking to.
0: Fair enough. That, 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 what's what makes this podcast 100 right there? Thinking of Van Gaal ride down the canals of Amsterdam with a trophy in his hands. You'd love to see it. I, I think that they... It would be big disappointment if they don't get to a, to a semi-final. I think they're going to play a big, a big tough team on the, and then the quarterfinals, but they will get through that. And I think anything less than that is going to be disappointed. I know to you touched about that like pretty much at the beginning of this podcast. I think we'd be, we'd be happy with getting to the last four. But what do we really want to see? We want to see when Evans gets to the final or win the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I know that any, anything less than winning it would, would be disappointment anyway, for, just from a fan perspective. that we, we're, we're proud of the of Dutch for going far, but it feels like there is a chance. I think that's what I mean when I say about disappointment. We're not an outsider outsider. We're actually one of those dark horses that there are a number of things that are lining up here. Um, there's a story that can be told from this. That doesn't mean it will happen, but when you look at England, who have been so strong, doing so poorly, when you see the, the, you know, we haven't heard much about Brazil lately. We might want to get surrounded to the World Cup, but they don't all of a sudden have three or four or five world class players there. And um, it kind of levels the playing field that this is kind of happening. Because of that, it could be the Netherlands that take advantage of it. But let, let's get everyone else excited in the comments. <laughs> Please do comment below. What do you think will happen at, at this World Cup? What are the chances for Netherlands? What would you be happy with? Um, do you genuinely see the Dutch winning the World Cup? What is your starting eleven for the first game? There's loads of things we want you to get involved with, so please do comment below. Um, and of course, if you enjoyed this podcast, podcast 100, give us a like, subscribe if you're new. Can't believe it's taking 100 podcasts for some of you to notice us and subscribe. But if that is the case, get involved now because the World Cup's coming and there's lots more coming from football aren't um much more to check out the website too and the twitter any last um any last comments to make mike
1: yeah i think that you know let's enjoy it it's not a big tournament it's, it's going to be strange having it in november um but yeah it's going to be pretty much from now until it kicks off there's going to be be coverage of you know predicting the squad there's going to be when the squad comes out you know in-depth profiles of the players stuff like that just about the excitement of ahead of a tournament and then you know during the tournament let's just you know enjoy it get behind get behind the netherlands enjoy them being at a tournament again mm-hmm. and after the, up since 2014 um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of excitement let's just get behind the players not get too annoyed with the squad selection when he when he picks players like Davy class and, and divine range but yeah it's, it's, it's exciting mm-hmm. i'm excited for it and yeah i think it's gonna be a good one and it's uh, plenty to look forward to, to on the site so yeah, hopefully everyone enjoys it.
0: Mm. Yeah, thanks for joining me, Mike. Yeah, me. And, um, we'll say it again, there's lots more to come from us, so do stay tuned. Um, one last little plug, and that will be to keep an eye on, on what we're doing on YouTube too. Might be some more things in lead-up to the World Cup, but of course, like we were doing before, there'll be something after each game throughout the tournament um, for you to get involved in a, in a live stream as well, so watch out for those. They'll be probably after full-time in each of the games. But that's enough for us for now... Give us a like, subscribe if you're new, and comment down below. Get involved. Thanks for watching.